Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We have a lot of stuff to cover today. We do. Very important things. We got to the Mehan High Road. That's where we left off last yes. time. Yes, yeah. And we're going to try to get all the way up through Guadalajara when you arrive at Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff, but at the same time, I don't know, it depends on... Yeah, you know how long things take to talk it's about. It's always hard to get a beat on like what's going to end up. It is your, if you all haven't noticed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. a freaking rabbit hole or not. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, on the Meehan High Road, almost the first thing you come across is an NPC named Machen, who is this yes. game's lore dump NPC. He is the guy <laughs> who tells you everything the about the lore and history yes, of Spira. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like the NPC dedicated to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he's like a scholar, right? And uh, along the path, along your travels through Spira, he'll kind of be there, you know, along the way. And you can just talk to him and he'll explain something about that area or, you know, uh, the history behind each sort of like map on the world or town or place or whatever. So Yeah, he'll be at, in, at inns every now and then in yeah. different places. It's beneficial to talk to him uh, anytime you can if you want to learn yeah. more about the world building uh, of, of Spira. So... Uh, he talks to you first about um, a guy named Lord Meehan, yeah. who this road, this kind of like you know path that we're following, is named after him. Yeah, uh, because he was the founder of the Crusaders. The Crusaders, like eight hundred mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he was charged with heresy by the Church of Yevon. Of course. And this high road was the path he walked to go and face his charges against the church, in mm. which then, at that point, th- th- it's kind of an interesting relationship between the Crusaders and the Church of Yemen. Mm-hmm. It's like using machina weapons and things like that, the methods they use to fight sin are against the teachings of Yemen. Yes. However, there's almost this tolerance the church has oh, towards yeah. it, where yeah. they understand why and th- that their hearts are in the right place, and so... They excommunicate them from the church, but they don't like full-on condemn the yes. Crusaders. And yeah. the Crusaders are now kind of an arm of the church right. itself. Yeah. And Kenok, who we'll meet yes. in a little later. He's kind of in control. He's of one that. of the four maesters yes. of the Church of Yevon, yet he commands the Crusaders. Yeah, yeah. So there's this interesting relationship between the Crusaders and the Church of Yevon and Mehen. Lord Meehan was the one who basically like earned the trust and loyalty of and, and sort of like bridged that gap between the yeah. Crusaders and the Church of Yevon many, many years ago. You know, there's an idea within excommunication as like a thing, you yes. know. You 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 are judged according to what you know and what you've done and what oh, you right. have, right? Sure. And so if the church releases you from your um from the blessings of the church, it also releases you from the responsibilities due to the church, which means you could potentially obtain a forgiveness or something like that at some other point. Now, anyone who's Catholic is going to tell me that I'm probably wrong about that, and (laughs) and you're probably right. I'm just saying (laughs) that there's an element of excommunication that is almost like on behalf of somebody else. That's like, I'm doing this, I'm not doing this because I hate you. I'm doing this so that you won't have this blood on your hands from God. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And I feel like that's how the Church of Yevon sees it here too, where they're like, hey, Crusaders, 
you're going to do this thing. It's important, but you ha- you can't. You have to be excommunicated, right? Mm-hmm. For your own good. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. For your own good, when you meet God, you have to not be a member of the church when you do this, mm-hmm. right? That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I could see that being the case. Yeah. <laughs> but but please keep doing what you're doing, and we'll do what we can to make sure that God doesn't come too hard on you. Right? Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Aaron is going to make a point a little bit later mm-hmm. in regards to this as to. Uh, outwardly, perhaps, this is what the church wants it to appear like they are doing right. this for. But there's actually... Anyway. Well, and I'm sure the church has evolved and changed yes. from when it initially allowed this to ago. where it's like, well, now, yeah. who knows what's going on now. Right. Um, uh, a little bit further down the road, you see some ruins of an ancient city. Uh, and, you know, Machen sort of talks about, mm-hmm. every time I see this, it makes me tremble to see sin's power. Yeah. Um, so... This is interesting because it shows that sin is capable of attacking towns and settlements that are not coastal. near the water. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So, because yeah. we're pretty far inland at this point, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so sin can attack people even far inland of interesting. Spira. It, you know, it, it, it I, seems I didn't make that connection. Yeah, but since primarily being a water-dwelling creature, right. it's, it's the primordial waters of chaos, you yeah. know, that right. potentially emerges out of. But as it attacks the land, it's like well. What? Because uh, sin seems to kind of be a little bit of a shapeshifter, kind of changes form every now and then, and looks a little bit different. I wonder how sin would have looked in this moment. You know? Oh, sure. You know, I'm going to put a pin in that for a second okay. because there is some stuff in the Ultimania. I want to look up maybe for okay. the spoiler section here at the I've end. I've never read that. When we do the end of the podcast. yeah, yeah, the last few episodes. So we'll come back. We'll circle back to that. Okay, cool. Um, but I don't want to say just, too much about sin yet, just because I want to. Yeah. For those who haven't played it, I want them to kind of get the piece by piece mm. revelations of sin. But I just hadn't made the connection that that was an inland. Yeah, town. it's it's like way far like, inland. Right? This crazy. is an inland town. Um, mm. So that was kind of cool. And then uh, you also meet Lucille and Elma on this path. They're like the Chocobo Knights. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and they're from Jose. They're kind of guarding the high road. They tell you about uh, a monster or a fiend. That's eating chocobos. Eating chocobos, like, watch out for this guy, right? Um, A boss we fight here pretty soon. Um, A little further ahead, you find a girl and her mother, and they kind of, uh, you know, oh, are you a summoner? You know, like, thank you so much. You're going to save us from sin or bring the next calm. They they bring up this terminology calm, right? And that's where Titus asks, like, what, f- yeah. what's a calm? Like, what are you guys talking about? He doesn't know what that is, right? Yeah. So they begin to explain it to him. It's the, it's the period of time in between when sin is defeated and when sin returns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he, he wonders about, you know, what, what's the point of that if it just keeps coming back, right? And yeah. Yuna's response here is interesting. Um, so he says, wait, if it just comes back, and she says, don't say it isn't worth it because yeah. it is. Even for a little while, this is him now narrating what she said to him. Yeah, why? Mm. What do you think about their decision to do that? It was interesting. We don't hear her deliver that line. We only no. hear him, but it was right then. It, it almost makes it yeah. feel more introspective. Like what yeah, she said yes, really yeah. affected him, and yes. he like thought about it for a while afterwards. Because remember, the, him narrating this story 
yeah. is at some point in the future, yeah. he's looking back to this moment. Yes. And he remembers word for word what she said. Yeah. And then he even says those words stuck with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's I think it was more powerful to have him say it than her. I just would not have thought to do that. Yeah. Like that's a very interesting artistic way to yeah, it's, portray it's that conversation. A deliberate way of making it yeah. showing the effect that her words had on him. Right. Yes. And the fact that it, it's really important. It's almost like it makes it stick with you too. I think so. Because if they had just had her say it, that's fine. She often says things like that. Where yeah. it's like, of course it's where, you know, Gambari Masho, like <laughs> we're working hard. We're all, everything's, you know, we're all doing our best and yeah. trying to make it in life. She often talks like that. Mm-hmm. And often it's easy to just kind of like tune it out and be like, oh, she's the optimist who's just trying to make the best of her situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when you have Titus saying that line instead of her, it kind of makes you pay a little bit more attention because like what she said has a deeper meaning than, than it's not just like her normal spiel. Like it is, but it has a different impact. And and yeah. they made that. It, it's almost jarring to be like, why why did they do that? And that jarring, you know, technique there is what makes you remember it even more. Right, right. It makes it hit even harder. Right, I agree. So his narration of what she said is, even for a little while, people can sleep in their beds without being afraid. That kind of time is worth anything. Don't say it isn't worth it. Uh, your words that day, you know, I remember them well. Yeah. So um, there's, uh, it, it's a little vague in the story as far as like the text or like the script of the game, how long exactly calm periods yes, last. Yes, we talked about this a little bit. Um, and we will, again, probably talk about this in more detail in the spoiler section at the end of today's episode. Okay. However, what this conversation implies to me is that mm. they are very short. Okay. Because if she has this response ready, right, she, she, she cuts him off yes. in the middle of saying it. He's yeah. about to say, uh, wait, if it just comes back and she cuts him off, don't say it isn't worth it. So this She's is heard this before. A conversation that's yes. been had in the world before. Yeah. Uh, so Titus thinks he's being all original, and Yuna's <laughs> like, I know what you're going to say. So that indicates to me mm-hmm. calm periods are short, and that okay. a lot of people wonder, what point. is the point? If yeah. it's just going to come back in a few years. Yeah. Um, so in the Ultimania, which I'll get to in the spoiler section, um, it only really details the times Sin has been defeated. Yeah, it's like four or five, just a, a yes. few times. Yeah. And there's these long periods in between Sin being defeated. Yeah. And some people have taken that to mean, oh, there was a calm that lasted the this whole long. Time. And then the next calm mm-hmm. was a little shorter, and the next calm was a little shorter. Like, it's, they're getting shorter each time. Yes, I'd heard that. I don't think that is the case. I think okay. it's just uh, Summoner number 1 defeats Sin, and Sin came back a few years later, and they could not beat they it again him. until, like, 400 years later or whatever. Then they finally defeated it again. And then they had a short calm period, and then they had to deal with Sin again for a while. Yeah. And so mm. the last defeat of Sin happened with Braska 10 years ago. Yeah. But Sin has already been back for a little while, it seems, right. since then. So it's less than 10 years yes. that this calm period, at least, that we know of lasted. Yeah. So we'll get more into that later, but I feel like this conversation, the way she responds to it, to me that indicates calm periods mm. are actually not that long. Yeah. And it's still worth it because if even for a little, I mean, imagine that, right? <clears throat> I, I was kind of thinking about this while, while I was playing it this week. 
you never know where sin is. It's not like sin, except for the calm periods, it doesn't just go away. It's like at any point in time, it's yeah. probably destroying some town somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. It's somewhere killing people. Yeah. And the anxiety of like, yeah. it's going to come around back to me here eventually. Right. Being able to be free of that anxiety for even like five or six years would probably be a really nice thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can at least relax yeah. for the next five or six to eight years or something like that. Yeah, it gives right? some people a little bit of hope for a potential future. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, and this is something I've been talking about with people as well. You know, like mm. how could a society develop um, or how much would it change if sin is sort of constantly destroying its towns and settlements and cities and yeah. things like that, right? Obviously, they would say coastal settlements would settlements would be non-viable. Yeah, I mean you're right, <laughs> but that's where most people live here. Yeah. So, anyways, there's there's a there, that's an ongoing conversation. There's a lot more discussion to be had on that point. Yeah. But I do think it's worth noting that if these calm periods are very short, um, they probably couldn't develop very fast because. Their records, yeah. their technology, their architecture, wiped out, have yep. to rebuild, wiped out, have to be built, wiped out over and over and yeah. over again. It would be difficult, really, really difficult to develop. Now there is now the question, if it can, you know, why would you live on the coast? But if it can attack land-based Yeah, that's where I settlements, yeah, I realized. Right, way far inland, mm -hmm. then it's like, well, nowhere is safe. You could say, well, why not go underground? Or something like that. Uh, I don't know. We don't know like the extent, the full extent of sin's power. Maybe right. sin can get you no matter where you are. <laughs> I would well but, for the theme of the game. Yeah. Right. The idea of sin, you know, the metaphor would be that yeah, sin could totally get you underground. Like yeah. you don't, you don't just escape. That's the whole point, right? You can't just escape. Yeah. You have to deal with it somehow. Yeah. So, anyways, I just thought that that conversation mm. was interesting because yeah, I think now we know at least the way that I take this or the way that I read this is. Sin can attack you inland. It's not just on the coast or in the water. And the calm periods are short. That means mm -hmm. like this world would do anything to have some relief for even a little while, if possible. And that's what she's trying, that's the case she's trying to make, that it is worth it. Yeah. Even if it's just a short time. So. Okay. Just something to keep in mind as we keep learning more about uh, the world of spirit. You know what's funny? What you mentioned, uh, Oren, with uh, bringing well, who was it? Ellen, Ellen. Who was it that brought up that there's a fiend killing chocobos? Oh, uh, Elma. Elma, that's yeah. the name. Um, as soon as she brings that up, Tita says, "Let's go get it." Yeah. And Oren right. is Oren is just like, <laughs> "What did you say?" And he's like, "Let's go." And Oren's like, "Why? It's Why the right would thing we?" To do. And Tita says, "Because it's the right thing to do." And this is a this was this is incredible because Oren laughs. And he often laughs at strange times, which is unsettling because mm -hmm. you, you still don't know quite how to read Arn here. Yeah. Um, but he says, that's what Jack used to often say. Now, as somebody who hates your dad and thinks he was bad, not only are you saying because it's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. so not only are you acting like your dad, but your dad used to do things because it was the right thing to do. That's just not, <laughs> Titus does not see his father that way. No. And that's, like, we're slowly getting little snippets of Jack's past life. We'll get another fun one here with the shoe puff uh, later on. Yes, but it was really But you're getting these little snippets of, of Jack's life 
that just are not at all commensurate with Titus's former view of his who yeah. his father is or was. Right. It's just not at all the same thing, even yeah. close. So this is said, this suggests that Jack behaved morally. Yeah. Right. So how is Titus going to take that, believing there was little to honor about his father and that his father always behaved immorally? So yeah. that's just a little setup there. That's just little by little. They're setting up something with Jack. We don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was really interesting. Yeah, I like that moment. And Aaron has a lot of these sort of like little things he'll insert about Jack. And he never that, says too much. Yeah. They he always, just, he'll say his thing and then he leaves. And yeah. then we're left to think about it, you know? Yeah. And they contradict, like you said, Titus's opinion of the man. And so, anyways, again, I feel like almost every scene in this game is so purposeful in what it is telling you. It is either foreshadowing something, setting up the context for a later payoff. Um, It's just like, it it feels like nothing's wasted in any Mm. of the dialogue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been noticing that. It's really good. (laughs) I know it's really potent. It's really it's well written. It's it doesn't carry on too incredibly long. Like I don't know, it's really well paced. Yeah, the pacing is spot on. Yeah, it's really great. Um, So a little further down, you find out the Crusaders. I mean, we kind of speculated on this, but now it's it's becoming clear the Crusaders are up to something here. Yes, they're, they're they're carrying these large caravans of equipment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and we see. Do, is this where we see uh, Lutsu and, and Gata? Gata. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They show up. They're everywhere we go. Yeah, they're kind of loafing, and they get reprimanded by the Chocobo Knights. Like, yes. hey, get back to this operation's too important. Like, yeah, yeah. stop, you know, stop uh, being lazy. But they won't say what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And so, anyways, they're kind of like, you know, uh, Lutsu turns to Gatha is like, see, you just keep your head down. Everything will be all right. You know? exactly. He's just trying to like, it's just lay low, man. Um, I really like here that Yuna tries to convince them that it's not too late to go back to be saved and basically repent yes, and become does. part of the Church of Yemen again. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Gatha's like yeah. just ignoring that. Okay, we need to go, sir. Yes. They, they've yeah. made their decision as far as this goes. Yeah. They're hell-bent on fighting sin with Machina, <laughs> yep, yep, and yep. they think that that's the right thing to do, and, and they're moving forward with that, and they're not listening to her being like, come back to the church, it's not too late. And Yevon, not only does Yevon know about this, we meet a priest here, a, a woman. Shilinda. Shilinda, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she is also knows what's people. going on. Now, within the organization of Yevon, a priest is, is there's a lot of priests, mm-hmm. right? But they they seem to know what's going on as well. It's not just the higher up, the maesters, that yeah. know what's going on. It's like, no, even the lower level clergymen, they the still know acolytes what's going on. and disciples. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, you talk to her and she's like, I've been trying to convince these crusaders <laughs> not to use mocking and they're all mad at me. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, it's annoying. Like, <laughs> I know. You're, you're, you, you feel like you've sacrificed so much as a crusader, right? Yes. You're putting your life on the line. You've been excommunicated from the church. <laughs> right, from, the, from your because culture. Because you believe it's the right thing to do, and this little mm-hmm. acolyte person's running around telling you how bad it is how to use Machina. It it's like, shut up, man, just go away. <laughs> oh, man. I really like Shalinda later on, though, because she oh, sort yeah. of begins to realize, because you, you meet her along the path, too, mm-hmm. right? And she'll say, like, oh, no one likes me. They're all mad at me. Yeah. And But, like, by the time you get to Operation Meehan, She's like decided I'm gonna stop trying to like tell them not to do this, and I'm gonna actually go like 
use my, uh, you know, like white mage capabilities to heal and help. Them. Oh, good. Right. And so she like gives up on this, you know, crusade to like divert <laughs> them and yeah. says, "Well, I support you, even right. though I don't agree." Sure. So I kind of like that development That's of cool. that character cool, yeah. along the road. And and after the operation's over, you can see her, like healing people. She'll right. say, "Oh, do you I need a, do you need to be healed?" And she'll heal you. So. Anyways, it's just a nice little NPC. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's it, what it's doing is it's building this sort of like contradiction between Yevon and the Crusaders. Yeah. They they really condemn what they're doing as being against the teachings of Yevon. Yet, Maester Keenuk and Seymour, especially yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a scene coming up, are like, "Yeah, o it's fine. Let them it. do it." Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, we'll get more into that in a second, but. It's just, they're building this really piece by piece. I think, I think it's a really good demonstration of probably a, a really um, effective editing process, right? Oh, yeah. One thing that's really hard for writers to do, and this is true of me as well, right? You've been building or working on this world you've created for so long mm -hmm. that, for me, it's been almost 20 years. Right. So... For 20 years, I my brain has been immersed yeah. in the details of this world I'm creating. Yeah. Sometimes when you've been in it that long, it's hard to remember or hard to keep in mind. People don't know the things <laughs> that you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you need to really break up and make small, piecemeal, digestible scenes that yeah. give you little pieces so that they can, there's a, a shallow learning curve yeah. to understanding the world that they're being immersed in, right? Right. Um, in my, in the draft of the novel that I finished last year before I went to the editing, the, you know, like the actual professional editing process, mm. um, my prologue chapter was like 30 pages long and it was just so dense with yeah. like a million things. And I'm thinking yeah. about all these things I'm setting up for later and the plot twist later and like all these right, things. I'm, sure. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. I've, I've got all that in there. Yeah. But it's like, I only can read this without any hitches because I fetching know it yeah. back like the back of my hand. Yeah. Anybody else reading that is going to be completely overwhelmed by it. So I, I learned that what I need to do is really break that up and reveal it much, much at a much slower pace over a yeah. much longer time. And just give them little, really interesting things. And that's exactly like what they're doing on this whole Heehan, uh, Meehan High Road. It's like Machen scene that's short, digestible, just about Lord Meehan. Mm. Uh, Machen scene just about sin can attack people way, way out here, even in inland. Yeah. Short scene with, here's the Chocobo Knights. Short scene with yeah. Luzu and Gatsu, or Luzu and Gata and the Chocobo Knights. And yeah. oh, something's going on. They have some operation they're preparing for. Shalinda, oh, the Church of Yevon and the Crusaders are a little bit at odds. Then when you get to Seymour's scene later, you have had all these little scenes that have built up to that moment and Waka's devoutness mm -hmm. that make the context of that like really easy to follow. Hmm. This game is really good at that. It's very good at that, yeah. Really good at that. Yeah. They, they have really good, short, digestible scenes yeah. that give you tons of context over time and make it very easy to understand. I think so, and they feed in well with the characters as uh, as well. The character development 
goes along with the story. So the little bits that you get of the story, who you're getting that from is relevant yeah. to the characters, mm -hmm. right? And so you'll get this little bit from this character and this little bit from this character. And it, what they're doing is they're telling you the story at the same time they're building up these characters around you. Right. Um, which is way better than just an exposition dump where you're just reading it and there's no character development. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of like what they do as you're just running down this road, yeah. right? Um, there's also a, what's there's her name? There's a summoner, Bella Gemini. Bella Gemini. Bella Gemini. See, okay, so I'm doing, I do this game in Japanese and I actually don't know how a lot of these names are pronounced. Yeah. Uh, Bella Gemini. Yeah. Um, see, that was the weirdest, thing. I was not expecting this at all. Like, we show <laughs> up and I'm like, oh, she seems nicer than Donna. Yeah. And then she's like, let's fight. I want to test how strong you are. <laughs> like, is she going to kill us? And like, she's like, don't worry. As soon as, as soon as one of our Avons are going, or, um, Aeons. Aeons are going to die, uh, we'll stop fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. And, and Yuna's like, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. And I just, I didn't think that was actually super in character for Yuna to mm. be excited about that. Uh, but yeah, we just fight her one-on-one -on -one just to have a tough battle, I guess. She has yeah. Ifrit, it, I think. It's, it's kind of used, these are kind of used as like tutorials for how to use the Aeons in battle. And yeah, I, I, I get it testing that over time. Uh, but I, it is kind I of I questioned funny. how yeah. they did it and it was, it was interesting. Yeah. So you, you, you meet Belgamina a few more times along the path and kind yeah. of just do Aeon battles with her, summon battles with her. Anyways, um, no, oh, that's another thing that I think this game does really well. You know, we, we talked about... Um, the comparisons to Final Fantasy thirteen. Same team went oh, from yeah. this game to do Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, eight right? to ten to thirteen, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the linearity, the game being linear, being like such a complaint for FF thirteen. Oh yeah. The people not having that complaint as much about FF ten. Mm -hmm. The the big difference between the two of them, um, and I've talked about this in my videos and things like that, but for those of you who have not seen the retrospectives, right? The the big difference between Final Fantasy ten and Final Fantasy thirteen is that in Final Fantasy X, they do a great job of, as you're moving down that hallway map, <laughs> they break up in a really good way, pacing-wise, uh, yeah. so that you're not just battling, 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 yeah, battling yeah. for three hours running down a straight line. Yeah. You're having a really nice balance between battling, cutscenes and character development, and you know world building, mm. and also just like the, the temples, right, the, the puzzle solving. And um, like, there's all these different ways in which you interact with the world, and the, even mm, like the yeah. Belgamine battle, right? It's a battle, but it's a different style it's different. of battle. Yeah, and the stakes They're, are different, and yeah, it's a it's kind of showing you things. Yeah, they're mixing up how you interact with the world. Yeah, in yeah. in little ways that keep it interesting, so that you're not just. You know, we talked about this a little bit, being maybe a, a weakness of. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Yasumi Matsuno's oh, game Matsuno. design philosophy, <coughs> where yeah, there's just like three hours of, of dungeon crawling play. before you get to a scene again. A right? five-minute cutscene, which is packed with meaning. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen has two, I think, very short instances where there's uh, this pathetic excuse of a puzzle, if you want to <laughs> call it that, no. um, that breaks up the gameplay. Otherwise, you are just trudging through hours and hours of the same battles like over and over mm. and over and over. And it can just get really grating. Uh, particularly yeah. the last time I played it, I got so frustrated in one of the hmm. dungeons. It's just like, this is too long. It's yeah. way too long. 
And that is the big difference. Even though they're both very linear games, one well, feels yeah. engaging yeah. and fun and never feels like it's you know, uh, you know, wearing out its welcome. And the other constantly feels that way. And this is the reason why. The Me and High Road is a great example of the, the big difference between the two. Yeah. How they kept the game interesting on the Me and High Road is Because like, it's just a straight line. Yes. Yeah. But the, yeah, the way they designed measure. how you're breaking up your time yeah. is exactly why FF10 is a, like a masterpiece, all-time classic mm -hmm. JRPG, and, and Final Fantasy XIII is so divisive. Yeah. So, anyway. Nice, I like that. They do a really great job with that on the Neon High Road. Okay, and then uh, you reach the Albed shop, right? And Wok is complaining. He's like, I'm not staying here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And Oren's um, like, I'm tired, let's rest. And Wok is like, I'm fine. No, no, that was it. Oren's like, let's rest. And Wok is like, I'm fine. And Oren's like, well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We just He just walked yeah, around. Yeah, I really like that. So See, Oren takes everyone out of their comfort zone. Yes. Everybody. Like, he's a legend. Everyone does what he says. Everyone mm -hmm. follows him. They mm -hmm. all respect him. But what he's doing the whole time is he's kind of taking everyone out of their comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. I really like that. And there a couple things on this. So... We meet Riku again later, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that Yuna is asking Auron's permission for whether Riku can come yes. and be in Guardian, right? Oh, that scene is interesting. Yeah. Yes. So hopefully we'll you're get right, to that You're in right, you're right. It's like Auron decides. It's like he basically became yeah. the leader as soon as he stepped in, which makes sense. Yes. But he's done this before, and he's yeah. by far the oldest person there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there was another point somebody yeah. made that I thought was interesting uh, regarding my points about Lulu and her kind of like quick was change in temperament. Was this a comment on episode yeah. four? Quick change in temperament towards yes, Titus. I was going to bring this up. Um, yeah. Saying that it's because Aaron's presence. Yes. Justifying Titus and knowing Oren him. Says, it, right. accept me as your as your guardian. He's, okay, he's coming with me. Yeah. And like. That's a fair point, and that, it's also from that point on that Lulu begins to treat Titus right. different. It's not just from the previous interaction with Titus, it's from the interaction with Auron and Titus. Yeah. It's like Auron's presence um, sort of validated Titus yes. for the party. Yeah. And it's like, okay, any questions we had about him, like Auron says it's cool, so like good. I trust that. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, right? He basically changed the whole dynamic of the party when he came in. Yeah. He's got like a lot of gravity to him. It's he just does. like... <laughs> Even He's, amongst the other summoners and other guardians, yes, as we see <laughs> yes, later on, with Bartello, <laughs> like everyone knows who yeah. he is, and everyone just just loves him. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, he's basically a walking saint. Yes. <laughs> but, but they all want to know what he's been doing the last ten yes, years. I found yes, that very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So you know, Walk is like, well, in in Luca, they kidnapped you know the Albed, right? Like we can't yeah, stay yeah. at an Albed shop. He's his, you know, his racism against Albed. Yes. Um, and, and his response to that is, well, where were her guardians? Right? It just like turns <laughs> that right doing? back around on Yes. Him. And he's, I'm not tired one bit. Well, I am. I am. Yeah, and he just walks. <laughs> he just walks in. Great. It's really great. It's so good. It's so good. The next scene is really good, too. This is between Titus and Yuna. Yeah, I got it. Uh, at the sunset. Yeah. yeah. Oh, A lot beautiful. of things we learn here, too. A lot yeah. of really important details and really important foreshadowing. It's, it's packed. With that. Yes, this so, particular scene. Actually. Go ahead with your notes first. Yeah, so initially, Titus, you know, walks out, and he is just struck with awe at the sunset yeah. and how beautiful it looks, mm -hmm. but also that Yuna is out there. Yeah. And Yuna is sort of in front of the sun. I can't remember if she completely is in front of the sun or not, but um, 
it, it's almost implied that this is such a beautiful scene also because she's there, you yes. know, and she's part of the scene and mm -hmm. she's making it beautiful. She brings the beauty to something that's, I don't want to say a sunset is mundane, but it's an everyday occurrence, you know? Yeah. And there's no general reason why Titus would be so struck by this particular sunset, except that things are starting to have more meaning to him. Mm -hmm. You know, every day is starting to become more important to him. And specifically around Yuna, you know, he's, he's just, you know, he's completely fallen for her in his world. You know, he's kind of in the clouds, right? So he goes over to talk to her and, um, one of the things that she says, she talks about Xanarkand, right? And how Xanarkand's a place. Yeah. Um, and my note is going to be a different note than nobody else took the note that I took. <laughs> so <laughs> so you'll, you'll, talk, you'll walk us through the actual conversation. <laughs> but when she mentions Xanarkand, um, she says that it's a place on the edge of the world, right? Yeah. Now, when you play the very beginning of this game, does Xanarkand feel like it's at the edge of the world? No, it doesn't. It feels like it's the center of the world. Yeah, right? yeah, right. So the idea that Xanarkand has been pushed out to the edge, while being a physical place, a geographic-like location, mm -hmm. that was pushed to the margin, was pushed to the edge of the world when it used to be the center, I, I find that idea fascinating. So my note here says, what once felt like the world's center has been pushed to the edge. Things get pushed to edges when they threaten the stability of the center. It's fascinating how one place can become the edge when they were once the center without having moved geographically. Mm -hmm. This is true for behavior. This is true for culture, clothing, religion, art, you name it. Whatever the center is, is where the majority consensus people have converged on. And it's where the people are. It's, it's yeah. what is, if you ever heard of the political idea of the Overton window, right? It's yeah. the, this is where things are allowed to be. And when you're outside of that, you're, it's dangerous, right? Yeah. You're in the dangerous territory. Well, that's the edges, right? Xanarkand has become one of those dangerous territories. We got the Citadel space versus the Attic yes. Traverse. Exactly. <laughs> and the Terminus systems. <laughs> <laughs> So when a group of people have a shared identity, they reside in the center and are wary of the edge. But this is another Mass Effect idea here with, mm. well, who was it? Was it the Quarian girl? Where, oh, know, yeah. Where she has to go out and find something valuable yes, and bring yes, it the, back? The yeah, the Quarian. Yeah. So this is Mass Effect kind of stuff we're talking about here. But uh, when a group of people have a shared identity, they reside in the center and are wary of the edge. A journey to the periphery is a journey into the wilderness. And the reason anybody would do that is to find something valuable that has either been undiscovered or previously discarded amongst the chaos and potential and bring it back to the center, mm. reincorporate it into the, into the, the center, into yeah. the body, you could sure. say. Yeah. Right? Um, this is a process that's ongoing in every culture, everywhere, all the time. This is always a thing. It's like a big, uh, important cultural idea. So when Yuna says that Xanarkand is on the edge of the world, yet that is precisely where her pilgrimage is taking her, that is what she's saying, right? She may not even be entirely aware of what she means when she says it, but that's how these things work, right? Mm. So the city, as Auron, Auron reveals to us, is in ruins. It is utter chaos. Yet from that chaos, there is potential. And it is the job of certain people to, to move into that chaos, find the potential, and, and turn it into something beautiful and bring it back to, to the mm. people, right? Yeah, to share sure. with the people. It's an ancient, ancient story idea that I don't think people are even aware so much nowadays that still plays itself out every single day. 
Yeah. That the idea of, of a journey to the edge of the world in order mm. to find what's meaningful, you know? Like there's a religious idea in that. Sure. But at the same time, that's what you do when you talk about ideas that you are, don't completely have figured out in your mind yet. You know, mm. that's what you do just when, it, it, it's often a dialogue thing when you're just talking with people, but it's what you do when you confront a book or something that you're, you're not super familiar with, right? Mm. You're, you're, you're taking what's in the book or you eat foreign food, right? You mm. go, I'm gonna eat some Chinese food, I never had it before. What you're doing is you're, you're confronting something you know little about. Right. And you're incorporating it into your body Yes. that becomes part of you, you know? Yeah. And then you judge it, whether it is commensurate, whether it fits with your body or not. You yeah. know, did you like it? Was it good? Did it give you diarrhea? <laughs> like, whatever it is, your, your yeah. body, but, but that's what you're doing, you know? And anyways, it's a religious process that it probably started out as religious. It's not seen as that anymore. But in this game, it definitely is. This is a pilgrimage right, we're talking about. Right. And it's the same thing as the quarry in, in Mass Effect. It's like, yeah. this is what you have to do in order for any culture or city or group or anything in order for anything to survive it can't be so rigid to where it rejects what's on the edges yeah you have to allow some move uh some go between between the borders you have to allow people to venture into those edges right mm -hmm. and sometimes that's uncomfortable you know you get people who go around and they got tattoos and nose rings and blue hair and it's like <laughs> you know they're exploring the edges of society. Yeah. And, but there are valuable things to be had there. So don't bother those people yeah. w with what they're doing. One of them might, you might not see the value in it, but one of the things that they may have discovered that could be potentially helpful to you is something you never would have found yourself. Right. You know? Because you're not willing to traverse. Because you're not areas. willing to go out there. Yeah. And I, but, but I love, because the potential in the chaos, it's, it's not yeah. what everybody thinks. Yeah. Right? But it's there. The, the potential is always there. And everyone thinks you're going to do one thing and what ends up happening is unexpected. And yeah. that's probably what I'll leave this comment at for, for um, Final Fantasy X. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll come back to that later because I had a thought about it, but I'll save it for another Kay. time. Now um, let's hear what they actually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so really good, some really good key points for the story to take note of here. So she's talking about how she wishes she could live in a place like this and be peaceful, have a smile on her face every day, things like that. Right, she's and, enjoying the sunset And he, too. he says, well, you can after, once you defeat Sid, right? Yes, um, yes. That is she sort of says. chuckles and nods at that but doesn't really respond to it. Yeah. Um, and you will notice this, this keeps happening. Well, there's a in note many in, scenes Jose, after in Jose, there's a... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Anyways, Very just interesting. Anyways, I don't want to like put too f too much of a point on this, but like just watch carefully the way people respond. Yes. To Titus during scenes like this, um, he says, "But then uh, a new sin will be born anyway." Yes. Well, then you can just beat it again. Exactly. He says, <laughs> "Then go beat that one too." And she says, "I wish I could." Right. And he says, "Well, hey, you can. Trust me, you're the best summoner out there." And and you know why does sin always come back? You know, so now he's wanting to understand you know, yes. that, that process. A little bit how the world works. So she says, sin is our punishment for our vanity, and it will not go away until we've atoned. Yes. And again, we've talked about his role in the story being yes, a person from ask the outside. the question. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Why? Yes. <laughs> to everything. And one word. One word. Yeah. And that can that can break or reconstruct or construct a whole system just with that yeah. one word. Yeah, why? 
Yeah. Really, like, think about that. Why? And she even says it. She goes, like, I, I'd never thought to about this. Even ask because that, yeah. Because I think what, what Titus is asking is, what, what, what did you, or what, what did humanity do that was so bad? Yeah. Like, is it so bad to, to use Machina to live a life? Yes. And Eunuch has no answer to that. No. She's just like, I don't, I've been told that, yes, that's really bad. But I don't know what's so bad about it. Yes. And she had never, I think she even confesses yeah. to this. She says, I have never thought yeah. to question that. Yes. I was taught to accept it, and I never even, it never occurred to me to question why I am have to or don't or I'm not allowed to do certain things. Yeah. And, and this is brought up again with Waka yeah. later on the shoe puff because he's pointing at the city underwater, the ruins of the city that's underneath the, the river. Oh, yes, I love that. And he's like, this is, again, uh, a punishment because they, they tried to use Machina to defy the laws of nature. Yes. And he's like, I don't really think that's it. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's right. Like, I don't think you got it right. I am. Um, and yeah, and I Waka, like, fights that against that. He does. But, like, this is what... This is what well, Titus is suited perfectly to do, is like question their beliefs that don't really make that much sense. Yes, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> There's not a reason why using Machina is bad. They just said it's bad. They said it's bad, yeah. That's it. But then, well, gosh, because I'm getting the two mixed up now with the shoe puff and this. Oh, right. Titus will continue to question, well, they, you guys still use some Machina. And yes. they're like, yeah, well, the ones that Yevon says it's we okay can use. It's okay for Blitzball. We it's use. not okay to fight Sin for some reason. Exactly. <laughs> now, it's, it's uh, I mean, They do offer explanations. I'm not trying they to do. say there's no reason, but we'll get to that in a minute. And I actually buy, in terms of the city under, under the river, I would buy Waka's explanation a little better than Titus's. Sure. Because Titus is like, well, just so they could be near some water, right? Because yeah. you've got to have water. Yeah. And I'm thinking, because a city on a bridge? Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's because I say nature. I say physics. I say this isn't a good it's idea. It's almost like a... Due to... You know, like boathouses or things like that. It's yes. like a boat city. Like in a swamp or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's, that's fine depending on where you live, I suppose. But... um. No, there's just opportunity to. I have I have notes here. Well, because what is it? If the foolish man builds his house upon the sand, <laughs> then what do you say about the person who builds their house uh, on the water? On the water. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we can just leave it at that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's he's questioning. And I apologize to any of you who are from what's that Italian city? Um, Venice. Venice. Yeah. I apologize Venice. to anyone who lives in Venice or any place like Venice or uh, the Bayou in Louisiana or any place where your house is on stilts and there's water below you. Uh, so yeah, punishment for our vanity. How do how do we atone? She doesn't have an yes. answer. Yeah, what yeah. do we do that's so bad in the first place? Why is it using it. lots of mocking or something? Oh wait, is that really such a bad thing? Really? Yeah. She's like, it's funny. Ever since I was young, I never questioned it. But now that you ask me if it's bad or not, I don't know. There are many things I don't know. So she he's getting her to think about this more, right? And I love this too because um, they had had some conversation earlier where she said, yeah, well, I don't really. There's a lot of things I don't know, and he's like. Pfft. Compared to me, you know yeah. a lot more than me. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the dumb one, haha, ha, you know. Yeah, he's kinda, he points to himself a lot, and he's, yeah. that's a good icebreaker for people, is yeah. when you make fun of yourself, call yourself stupid, then people yeah. don't feel as dumb around you. Right. He tries to cheer her up by impersonating Maester Micah. Oh, such thinking is very unbecoming of a summoner. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good, because, okay, so I watched it in Japanese, yeah. right? His, the Japanese he uses, to impersonate Mr. Micah is the, it's what you would think of a, a racist um, American pretending to speak Japanese. 
and and um, pretending that you know, and just really overdoing the accent. It was so funny. It's so I, I don't want to do it because that's what it sounds like. Oh my god, it is so. Yeah, funny. he he's kind of in English. He's kind of just like oh. Very unbecoming of a summoner, right? <laughs> you should hear the Japanese. Uh, it is it is beautiful. That's funny. But it's like that because that's like a Master Splinter thing, right? Yeah. But in the Japanese version, it resembles a little bit more. Have you seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? I don't think I've seen. Okay. Movie. Well, I, I know people will probably yell at me for that, but I've not seen it. Mickey Rooney play. He, he's he's a white dude, right? Yeah. He plays an Asian who owns Audrey Hepburn's, <laughs> oh, and they make no. up and everything, who owns Audrey Hepburn's oh, uh, apartment. He's her landlord. No. And he's just constantly yelling at her in, in this this horrible, fake Asian accent. And and that's what the Japanese one sounds like. Oh my. It sounds like Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's. Tight kind of thing, just a clearly overdoing it, and yeah. oh man, it was—it's it, still funny. It's but not least because it was a Japanese person doing it. Right. But that's what it sounded like. That's, it was so—that's hilarious. It was so funny. Um, okay, he then goes on to talk about how important it is to like focus on a goal and not like think about the future. You got to be in the now, kind of a thing. It's like, well, you're you playing Blitz, you know? Like you can't be thinking ah, about the yeah. girl and stuff. I love this. I love that. Yeah. So he's, he's, his yeah. point is, he's trying to let her know, like you can't you've be thinking. Focus. Yeah. On oh. the journey, don't focus about what the future is going to be yet. You can yeah. worry about that after you defeat Sin. Once again, yes. yeah. <laughs> this, and it's in Titus's own way that he does this, and yeah. it's so great because he really is an uplifting character. He really he knows how to give a pep talk. You know, he was the captain of his team. I, I'm assuming, right? He was mm. he was a star. He knows how to talk to people who need um, some some moral boost, right? To help right. do whatever they got to do. You just haven't seen that his character do that up to this point. He's yeah. been such a such a fish out of water, such such the dumb one that you don't ever see that side of him. Mm. But when when it comes out in this particular scene, and he's he's playing it up, and he's just like, oh, that girl in the fifth row, yeah. you know, y'all, you can't be thinking about that. And then you go to take your kick, and you're thinking, oh, but what if I go on a date with her? That'll be yeah. fun. You can't do that either. Yeah. And, but he's so expressive about it, and he's he's really getting into it. And this is he's really. Um, embracing the chance to help someone. Mm. He hasn't been of much help other than fighting battles, I guess. He's one of the people fighting, so it's like, hey, he's helping there. But he hasn't been of much assistance to people on this mission. He's kind of been a burden to everybody. Mm -hmm. And finally, he sees his time to shine, and he just he embraces it, and he does a great job. I, I just really like this scene. And I really like that, I think twice now, Yuna has been that for him when he was yes. like lost or feeling down. And because she, she's so good at it. Because she can do the fake smile, right? Yeah, he's, he's returning that now. And yes. Again, there's yeah. so many scenes, right? There's so many scenes spread out over this game. And it, it really does a good job of kind of what we were touching on with the very opening scene where they're looking at the ruins and they're at the campfire. Mm. And it feels like a party that has been through a lot together. A lot. Even though yeah. we don't even know them yet. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a good job of like giving the sense of this long journey where they've had a lot of opportunity to get to know each other, to really learn to care for one another. They're, they're just doing a phenomenal job at building that yeah. in, with each of these scenes that are very well paced, like we've been saying. Um, so uh, now she brings up what the final summoning is, right? This is how mm. Sin is defeated. 
So she says the final summoning, because he asks about you know, how, how they can even defeat Sid. How can you fight something that's that big? And he's like doing his little <laughs> animation. Is this how you do it? <laughs> and she's saying, oh, we got to pray at all the temples. And he's like, yeah. why, would you, why would you pray at all the temples? Just go do it. She's like, no, I need to get all the things. Yeah, it's get all the part summons. of the process, right? Yeah. So the final summoning, it's the only way to defeat Sin. The only way. With it, we can call the final Aeon. That's the goal of the pilgrimage. The faith of the final summoning lies waiting in the far north to greet summoners that complete their pilgrimage at the world's edge in Xanarkand. This, so this That's is the, the reveal part, yeah. that the end of the journey is going to be in Xanarkand. That's where everything, yeah. And yeah. so Titus now realizes, oh, we're going to Xanarkand. Oh. Right? So two really key pieces of information there. One, how does this actually work? What is the process of defeating Sin? Yes. Secondly, that process is going to lead us back to Xanarkand where we started, or where Titus started, right? Yes. And he's going to have to grapple with, is this really the same place yeah. that I'm from? Is it really a thousand years? He still doesn't necessarily want to believe that yet, right? And th this comes as a shock to him, obviously. Oren mm. comes out in the middle of this. Yeah, he, he comes come back out. Inside. I, they've been talking for a little too long, but he does yeah. step out. And he, he says a few things. I think at this point is where he says that Xanarkand's a city in ruins. Yeah. Like, don't get your hopes up, Titus. It, yeah. The the time skip is real. The yeah. city is in ruins, right? Yeah, right. And Titus is like, all right. And so then she asks him, like, officially, like, will you go with us to Xanarkand? And he says, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to Xanarkand and see it with my own eyes. And then he narrates in his mind, I knew it couldn't be my Xanarkand, but I had to be sure. So this is his motivation now, right? I mean, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. I wouldn't pass that up. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta like confirm, like, is this really what happened, right? Yeah. It's too crazy. So anyways, really good scene. Really, really good scene. Lots of great key information, world building, uh, character interaction that's building a, a romance that's really nicely paced. Um, awesome stuff. Just yeah, loved it. Every scene is good. Aaron <laughs> just ruined it. Yeah. Uh, and the next day you meet Rin, who's the Albed owner of the shop. He kind of explains more about um, Albed primers. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you fight that fiend that's been eating yeah. the chocobos. It's kind of an interesting little battle, too. I like how they mix up. Oh, how you're kind of, of pushing him yeah, towards either the Either he pushes you off a cliff. cliff or you push him off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, that was so interesting. So I like it. when Again, they're mixing how you yes. fight. Yeah, in yeah. ways that keep it interesting instead yeah. of just the same things over and over again, right? Yeah, that was So good. I really liked it. And then because we do that, the guy lets us ride Chocobos. Yep, for free. Which is pretty sweet, except this game doesn't have an overworld map, and it's... No. It's, it's not... Well, it's not as fun riding Chocobos. Like, it's fun, but it's not as... There's the point. The yes. point of riding a Chocobo yes. is less present, right? I, I agree with that point. Yeah. However, again, I feel like they're doing a really good job of mixing up exploration. Ah, right? of course. So it's like, sure. instead of just running down the road, like you have been doing fighting battles, you can get on a chocobo, and there's these little feathers you can find, and that helps you jump to another yes. location yeah, and yeah. like get treasure. Yeah, and that's I think true. They do, oh, yeah, that's fun. This is another reason why I love like how they use the camera in this game. Because as you're mm. going down that road, the camera shows you hey, there's a road underneath this road. And yeah. hey, there's a treasure chest there. And hey, there's a platform over there. And you're going, oh, look at all that. I wonder how I get there. Yes. Now yeah. you're keeping an eye out on the road for how does that work. And then you kind of curl around and Machen is there. Mm. And he explains yeah. how the old road, which is the road beneath us right now, that's the real high road that 
Meehan walked on, but oh. Sin kind of destroyed it. So, so we had to build this new high road, mm. and that's the one you're walking on now. And you go, wait, can I get to that old road somehow? And then you, yeah, you explore it. And so even though it's a linear game, like mm. they still have good exploration there. And, yeah. they're, and they're trying to point that out to you. And you're riding a chocobo now. <laughs> like it, they're mixing up how you travel, how you interact with the world, when you battle, and, and when you're battling, um, you know, mechanics that make it different. It's just so much, so much more well-rounded or mixed up yeah. in comparison to something like Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah. And it is the reason why no one complained about the game's linearity mm-hmm. at the time, or very few people did. Yeah. So you're right. I miss the overworld. I, I will say that forever. I, I have no idea why that just dis- they just decided, oh, we don't need that anymore, no. these RPGs. Just f- bring it back, please. Bring <laughs> please. back airships. Bring back... Little vehicles on, a, on an overworld with a giant person running around. <laughs> I want that in my RPG. <laughs> me too, me too. That being said, I feel like they did a really good job with this style okay, in yeah. this game. Um, okay, so eventually you come up on where the Crusaders are getting ready for their operation. operation. Yeah. They right, don't want to well, let you pass. Before that, though, there's a guy who says, I think it's near the Chocobos. He says, uh, show, us, show us how to blitz. Oh, yeah, I think it's you know, Gata. There's like three people. Is that him? Can't remember exactly who it was. The Japanese is almost exactly like the kids at the very beginning of the game. Oh, this right. Like, Teach us how to Teach blitz. Teach us how to blitz. Teach us how to blitz. Yeah. And this guy's kind of doing a little callback there. The Japanese, it's uh, Oshieru, which means to, te- to teach or to show. Mm. And they both, the kids and him, they both say the same thing. So even though the kids at the beginning of the game say, Teach us how to blitz, and this guy says, Show us how to blitz. It's the same word in the Japanese, right? And so it's they're basically saying the exact same thing. I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah. So basically, you, you come up there like Donna's trying to get through. They're not going to let ah, her through. Yeah. She's all complaining about it, right? And then we try to go through. Oh, sorry, Lady Summoner, we can't let you through right now. Yeah. But Seymour happens to come during this time, and it's like, oh, we can't pass. And he's like, oh, okay, just a moment. And he basically tells Crusaders like, let. The yeah, let you know through, mm-hmm. and they're questioning him, but he's mm-hmm. just like, do it. It's like I'll take so responsibility. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question: What if, like, I don't know, the governor of the state you live in <laughs> tells you, just do it? I'll take responsibility. Do you believe him? I don't know if I would. <laughs> no. Personally, I would not. <laughs> no. I'd be like, okay, can I get that in writing? Yeah. You know, can can we film? Can I record I, this I conversation? I don't believe you. I I will be the scapegoat for this. I know for real because yeah. the first time that anyone says, oh, how did you let them pass to the soldier? And he goes, Seymour said he'd be responsible, and Seymour's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say that. Then it's like. Yeah, it's my word against if this guy decides to be honest or not. Yes, but at the same time, that soldier couldn't not let he couldn't like defy. He couldn't defy Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Bad position to be in. So I, yeah. Uh, anyway, so you end up getting through there. Uh, Titus is getting more and more suspicious slash jealous of Seymour because he can tell he kind of likes Yuna. Yeah, he and um, Yuna keep having these brief moments where they look at each other, and Yuna gets flustered, and it's yeah. like, wow. And this would be a point in the game where the graphics... That w- I, I never would say, oh, the graphics aren't sufficient to convey whatever. Sure. But it is difficult to tell what Seymour is doing, how he's feeling, how she's receiving his yes. 
his vibes, you know? Yes. It's very difficult to tell, and I feel like the HD version might even be harder to tell than the <laughs> original PS2 version, but it's very difficult to see how she's taking it because her face basically doesn't react at all. She just kind of looks around, and it's like, well, I think she's embarrassed, or maybe she's flustered, or maybe she's reciprocating in a flirty kind of manner. Like, I don't know. I can't yeah. really read it very well. There's not a lot of <clears throat> animation going on there, and this is actually yeah. something I have noticed playing the HD version. Um, Their face doesn't animate very they much. They have different models, uh, a lower and higher poly model, depending yeah. on if they're going to do close-ups on the characters okay. in the scene. So most of the NPCs do not have their eyeballs and eyelids modeled. Right, right? they're just flat it's textures. It's just a flat texture yeah. of an eye yeah. that blinks on and off like we've talked about in yeah. previous podcasts. We, we did this in our uh, Star Kart. Mario Star Wars, uh, Mario yeah. Kart Star Wars. Yeah. The, the, the models just had textures that we would animate, uh, yeah. a blinking animation. On. Yes. Most of the NPCs in this game, that is the case. Some of the hero slash like main villain characters have two uh, models though. They have one that has that a whole eye like modeled out. Yeah. And they like have an another one. Ball. Another one that's not. And oh, so okay. like right. sometimes you'll have a scene where like they really only have a close-up of Yuna in the scene. So like all the other hero characters have their second model that does mm. not, and you can really see that in the I HD version. I don't notice version. that too much. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, it's, kinda, do, it's been kind of funny. Oh, that's the, that's the secondary low poly Titus yeah. model there. Oh, that's Yuna's uh, low poly you know, model. And then of course they have their like FMV versions which look completely oh, different. Yeah. Um, Riku in particular really threw me off when they show her in the like, <laughs> She looks so her, different. That's her face in the if That looks so yeah, different. Yeah, she looks so different. Anyway, uh, I don't know, that's just kind of a tangent there, but uh, yeah. if, if you're playing the HD version, you know, take take a look at that. They, they really do have different, like, models of the characters' faces. Mm. And so it can be hard to, to see... Um, what they're feeling or whatever, particularly yeah. with the low, the lower in a brief cutscene, yeah, mm -hmm. like that. Um, okay, so this is where we get to one of my favorite scenes of uh, what we played this week uh, between Seymour and Waka here. Right, mm -hmm. Waka is becoming increasingly agitated at the Crusaders and at their use of Machina and yes. the fact that they're um, they're teaming up with the Albed for this operation. That oh yeah, yeah, really pisses them off. Oh yeah. It's against the teachings of Yevon. Like, he's so mad about it, right? Yep. He keeps talking about it. And both Yuna and Seymour in this scene basically explain the same thing. Well, like, they're, we're, they're, all, we're they're, all doing our best. They're doing we're their all best. Trying. They're God really trying yeah. to yeah. defeat Sin here. It's, they're not doing this to defy the teachings of Yevon. They're doing this because they don't want their kids to be destroyed by Sin. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's not, like, accepting that answer. He's kind of shaking that off, but... Well, that that is the answer. Yeah, that's right. uh, in Japanese. There's a saying. It goes, "Minna isho ken me ikiteru," something like that. And it's like we're all trying to live together in the yeah. world. You know, right. everyone's trying to do their best. Like, okay, fine. yeah, it's basically what they're trying to say. And Seymour comes up, and actually, I really like what he says to Arin. He's like, "Oh, uh, you know, Lord Arin, or whatever he calls him." Uh, what have you been doing these past 10 years? And he's just like, I have nothing to say about it. And he's like, walks away. <laughs> he just leaves. Yeah. He's so like, he's, he's he says, disrespecting hmm, Seymour. Okay, I guess. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> and um, then he starts talking to Waka there. 
Yes, and it's fascinating because Waka, it seems like Waka is the only one who's like- Concerned about this it. Shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. So, and it's like, oh goodness, Waka, if only there was a well, master- Well, I guess her, it's Shilinda and Waka. Oh yes, yeah, her yeah. too, yeah. Mm-hmm. She has big concerns. Oh Waka, if only there was one of the leaders of your church present to condemn the situation. Oh look, here's Seymour. Oh, he's leading the operation. <laughs> That's interesting. And so you can see with Waka, he's just incredulous at yeah. how he's like, what? What am I hearing? Yuna and Seymour and Kinnock and all of these people are here and they're all condoning this. They all think this is okay. Mm-hmm. It's like when 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 you how does it go? When when everyone else is crazy except for you, consider the possibility that, that you're, you're the one actually the that one. Yep. is entertaining views that are not in line with everyone else. So it's right. like, yeah, maybe you're the the one who's wrong. Yeah. Exactly, right? So he, he asks him, isn't this operation against the teachings of Yevon? Aren't you going to stop them? And Seymour's like, it's true, I should. However, both the Crusaders and the Albed truly wish peace for Spira. This operation was born from that wish they share. Although it may be sacrilege to Yevon, their intentions are pure. And I, Seymour Guado, the person, not the maester of Yevon. Yes, as, he's like, as a person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm as not a, here in an official capacity. <laughs> and it's like, you can't separate those two. You are what you are. Come on. Yeah. As a denizen of Spira, I wish them well in their endeavor. Yeah. But using Machina, that's bad, isn't it? And I love this. Pretend you didn't see them. <laughs> oh my gosh, and the next line is even better. Because yeah. he's like, what? Because he can't believe that like his, what this, this is like a, like a, a cardinal yeah. of the Catholic Church, or this is like the, the high, high priest, arch you yeah. know, leader, right. is telling you to pretend you didn't hear what they just said. And he goes, yeah. how can I? But I... And, um, yeah, what does Seymour say right after that? Yeah, so he's like, beg your pardon, but that's not something a maester should yes. say. He's like, then pretend I didn't say then it. Then pretend <laughs> I didn't say it. That's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you're getting that Seymour, as the leader of the organization, is very much okay with yeah. stepping outside of the bounds of his official capacity and even doing the, what would you call? Exploring the boundaries. The, he is. He is exploring right? the boundaries, which is not what the the... So the people in the center can go explore the boundaries, but the leaders who keep the center they're in supposed, the center, they're, they're not to, supposed to be the ones. They're supposed to hold to the tradition. Yes, yeah. it's the little, it's the, it's some of the other people that bring bring to them the value from the outside. Mm-hmm. But when the the center themselves, so the, and they get to choose the head of the center to incorporate it or goes not. to the edge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now you're in a weird situation, yeah. right? Where the mm-hmm. head and the body, it's basically a decapitation, yeah. right? The head <laughs> is now residing in the edges and the body is still here in the center. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now we have something that cannot survive. Yeah. This cannot live. This doesn't work. Right? Unless you just pretend you didn't see it. Yep. And you pretend he didn't say well, it. Well, he offered a very valid explanation. And the oh, fact very that, much so. that Waka couldn't this accept is so that, strange. he's just like, okay, then just pretend that yes. it's not there. <laughs> because... What, what do you disagree with that Seymour said during this whole Not scene? one thing. Nothing. Yeah. But is there something weird about him? Sure, yeah. <laughs> you see him, and maybe it's because I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts, right? And this guy <laughs> looks like the freaking um, Organization That's 13 true. people. The, That's true, yeah. This is a, this is a, he looks like a typical villain. Tetsuya Nomura design, right? Yeah. He looks like Ansem. He looks like those characters, right? Yeah. And so, and the hair and the way his, his shirt being cut all the way down <laughs> is the what he's wearing. And he has a bow in the front. Yep. I didn't even realize that. And I'm his like, tattoos on his who chest. Who thought of this? I, this is a cr- very, very 
interesting character design. Yeah. I don't know what it means. It's it's but he lives on the edge. I would say yeah. that's what it means. Mm-hmm. He is someone who explores the edge, the fringe. Mm-hmm. He isn't you know, he's he the way he dresses, the way his hair is, he is not one of the conservative normative people that reside in yeah, the Yeah, the other maesters. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. else they got their long flowing robes and he he doesn't have that at all. And so he's clearly of a different sort, kind of. In fact, I mentioned who did I mention? The people who who live on the on the fringes, mm. they're the people with tattoos and yep. blue. I think I said blue, blue hair. hair and tattoos. <laughs> I think I said piercings. That's I don't Seymour. know if he has a piercing, but either way, Seymour he clearly is, like, is that kind of person. So yeah, I think that's what his like wardrobe is saying. He's like a punk maester, dude. He's the punk <laughs> maester. He's the cool maester that all the kids can. But anyways, there's something off about him. But what he is saying is what Titus is saying. Yeah. Everything he's saying is what Titus is saying. Yeah. Except when he says something like, pretend you didn't hear that, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's like what officials do to threaten people. Yeah. That's that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Titus is saying it and ah, whatever. I don't care if you tell the whole world. But the fact that Seymour is doing this in secret and he mm-hmm. wants it to stay in secret, that is what I think gives the, the strange vibes mm-hmm. with him. Sure. And he's trying to steal our girl. Yeah, that pisses <laughs> off. Pisses off. <laughs> Tita's Tita not okay with that. He even says at the end of this, like, I didn't like him, but what he was saying made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. At the end. Well, of there the you scene. go. Yeah. So that narration kind of hammers home the yeah. the visual that you see. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I really like that scene. It's good. Yep. Uh, okay. We also find out around this point where um, Chapu, what, why um, Waka still had Chapu's sword. Yes. Uh, is that because, later on? Yeah, you okay. basically approach some uh, Machina weapons, um, yeah. uh, or uh, Albad cannons, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a little further down because I have some notes no, before we can, that. We can bring it up in a minute. I can't remember. That's my next. Note, yeah, so. it's it's further down. So, uh, okay. but that that is coming up. Yeah. So first, you actually meet with Luzu further down the road, right? And he's arguing oh, with Gata yeah, about. Wanting to fight on yeah. the front lines because Gata was not assigned to. He was assigned to a supporting role. Yeah, to way guard back. the uh, like the base camp, basically. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a combatant. He doesn't no. have a, a combatant role. And he's pissed. He's like, "No, I came from Besaid all this way to yeah. fight Sin. That's why I came here. You know that. You recruited me for that purpose. I'm fighting Sin." Yeah. And he's like, "Nope. This is a, an order, and you got to do it. You got to guard the command center." And he's furious about that. He kind of runs off, right? Yep. And uh, so Titus is like, hey, he deserves better than this. Like, come on. And and loses like, basically, you know, it is what it is. But then he decides to confess to Waka, knowing that yeah, he's going to yeah. be fighting against Sin. And knowing what that likely will result in. Yeah, yeah. He decides to People confess. People who fight Sin tend to not make it. Yes, he decides to confess something to Waka here. Um, yeah, that he was the one who convinced Chapu to join the Crusaders. He enlisted, he helped him enlist. Yeah. And Waka punches him in the face. Punches. I didn't know how Waka would respond, you know, because we know Waka. Like, he can yeah. be hot headed when it comes to this kind of stuff, I guess. But yeah. other than this, he's such a relaxed kind of guy. Yeah. But I didn't quite foresee him punching Luzu, but I knew he'd be upset. Yeah. Um, oh, Lulu tries to stop. Uh, Luzu from confessing at all. Yes. Like, don't but, say because it. Because what's also revealed here is that Lulu knew this the whole time. Mm-hmm. That Lutsu told Lulu some yeah. time back. And so Waka was the one who didn't really know. Yeah. 
But yeah, Lutsu is the reason why Chapu died. Yep. Well, well Chapu is the reason in why. In a way. Chapu Chapu's died. the reason. But Lutsu facilitated yeah. Chapu's decision <laughs> yeah. to go do something that has, I think, a 100% chance of dying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he, you know, he says, um, what, what Chapu used to say to me, this is uh, Waka speaking. Yeah. That once we won the cup, once we were, mm. were done with Blitzball, he was going to propose to Lulu. Ah, and then one yeah. day he just goes off and joins the Crusaders like that. You know, that's what was because of you, right? Yeah. And I love what Lusu says in response to that. Chapu also said to me that being with your girl is good, but keeping sin far away from her is better. Mm. So yeah. again, this is talking to the hearts of Crusaders. Yep, yep. Crusaders who are excommunicated and condemned by Yevon, they are knowingly going to die against sin because they're trying to protect the people they love. Yep, These a, people are sacrificing yeah. more than anyone else in the world. Yeah, That's how willing they are for the better, for a better future yep. in this world. While the Church of Yevon does nothing other right. than... Well, they do the, the summoner Other stuff. than the summoner pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. That gives them a few years break. <clears throat> These people want to permanently kill this thing. Yeah. We've got to find out how to end this. Yes. And the church has not done it in a thousand years. So we're going to put everything on the line, right? Right. So I like that. Then Chapu was that kind of person. And I was thinking they just had guns and cannons, but they actually had a pretty interesting weapon. Like a laser well. cannon. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, I don't know that they could have killed Sin, but if they, <laughs> it, if it was possible, that would have been the thing to do so it. It was so close. It was close. Because yes. you do see it like, Nearly penetrates yes. Sin's shield. It was so close yes. to working. But I don't know if it would have killed Sin, but sure. it certainly could have repelled him and done something, yeah. right? It would have wounded yeah. him in some way. So th then Yuna jumps in front of Lutsu as he's walking away, and she's like trying to convince him, like, you do not have to, do not go. Yeah, yeah. And again, another great line from Aaron. Uh, good foreshadowing here. Let him go. The man has already chosen his path, as you did when you became a summoner. Exactly. Oh, gosh. When she hears that, she then steps out of the way. Yep. She lets him go. And it's, it's what Tita says here after that. I, it would be a long time before I ever really understood the reason why Yuna let Lutsu pass that day. So, again, this is... I mean, it, 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 I, I was kind of surprised on this playthrough to see how often they call to this. Yeah. And how long <laughs> it takes to actually reveal it. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but it's just like they're really hammering this point home. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good stuff. Um, then we come to the scene where Waka kicks the metal cannon with his sandals. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's got like bare feet that was with great. sandals and he kicks metal. <laughs> oh, he's just so mad. Uh, so good. But uh, Titus says here he really hates them, huh? And, and this is really good line from Lulu. Chapu, he left the sword Waka gave him in Besaid, and he fought with an Albed Machina weapon instead. So yeah. that sword that, that Waka gave to us earlier, and, and remember she was like, oh, that's Chapu's that's sword. That's Chapu's sword, yeah. Right? Chapu chose not to use that sword. He chose to use a yeah. Machina weapon, which is against the teachings of Yevon. Yep. He didn't pray before leaving Besaid yes, Island. Yeah, yeah. He was a heretic, his brother, which is drives home why Waka, I mean, he probably already was super devout, but why he, like, is really, really dug in on his devoutness yeah, to yeah. Yevon. Because yeah. my brother didn't do that, and look what happened to him. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. So he tries to play that off. No, that's nothing to do with it. I just hate these sacrilegious contraptions. Mm. But 
Yeah, it's the reason. It, That's the Chapu's reason. death has definitely influenced his development. And this was a comment we got on episode three and four, I think, a little bit was yeah. uh, people mentioning. We didn't bring it up till we got to this point, of course, but mentioning that this is the reason why Waka still has the sword. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why him giving it to Titus is also saying that uh, Chapu never used it. Yeah. Right. It's it all kind of comes back to this point, and so we're you know yeah. we finally get here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then you approach basically the, the cliff and then the beach where this, yeah. they're actually going to have this battle. And then there's like, yeah, there's their camp and stuff. And mm-hmm. they, they have crazy stuff. Like you see them wheeling in these huge like monsters and yep. these triangular Sin cages. Spawn. Yep. And then one of them goes into another bigger cage yeah. <laughs> and then gets like destroyed. Because well, they're trying to put them in, they're going to try to coax Sin out by like hurting the sin spawn and yeah. gathering a bunch of sin spawn into one place because it comes for its spawn, right? I don't know how this keeps happening, but we watched Nausicaa of the Valley of the Winds. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, well, maybe I don't need to say any more, but like that was our Patreon um, yeah. thing for this for month. For this month, yeah. And once again, just like with Cowboy Bebop and previously with Arrival, <laughs> yeah. there is some... Parallels. There's lots of parallels here. Mm-hmm. Lots of parallels. Mm-hmm. Join our Patreon if you'd like to see yes, our do. analysis of uh, Nazca the Valley Wind and Cowboy Bebop and Arrival, uh, Arrival which are available. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so Waka is saying, ah, this isn't going to work anyway. And again, Yuna's trying to be like, don't say that. Like, even if it's hopeless, right. and even if it means they're defying Yevon, like the Crusaders and the Albed, they're doing their best to defeat Sin. Just kind of hammering that point home. Right? They want to be rid of Sin forever. Yes. And that's what we want too, isn't it? He's like, hmm, fine, you know. But I still think mocking her are bad news. It's forbidden for a reason. Oh, here's an important thing. So there's a choice that you can kind of make here uh, between Gata and Mutsu. Oh, yeah, when you come to the camp. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you can either convince Gata to disobey his orders to guard the camp and to go fight on the front lines. Yes. Or you can tell him not to do that and to do what he's told. Yeah. The result of that will decide whether Gata or Luzu survives the battle. Mm. Um, so if you if you tell him go out there and fight, then Gata dies in the battle and Luzu survives. Uh, if you don't, then Gata survives, Luzu dies. So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if people knew that, but uh, I think either way, it kind of it hits home either way. I feel like mm-hmm. either way really works. I feel like the. Uh, Maybe the, the expected or the canon way is that Luzu dies and Gata gets like traumatized by yeah, this Yeah, because the canon would be that we tell him to stay and not to go. Right. right. That that makes sense for the canon. Yeah, because Aaron <laughs> says to him, because he's, he's, be, he's being all despondent, like, please check your weapons, you know, with this yeah. person and proceed into the camp. It's like, mm-hmm. hey man, like... This is important too. Yeah, what jobs you're doing. are important. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I want to fight on front lines. And Oren's like, uh, if you want to prove yourself, first you have to complete the tasks yes. you're given. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of pointing you towards trying to dissuade Gata to go yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. But you know, either way, I think it r- works really well. It's still, the, it really hits hard either way. Because um, <clears throat> you know, you, you've been following these guys along the path. You know, mm. you, you like them. Yeah. So it's sad to lose one of them, but. The real important stuff here is the interactions between Arin and Kinok. Yeah. So Arin knows him from his previous pilgrimage with Braska. 
Yeah, in fact, when Aaron first sees him, Aaron's like, no way. You're a, ma a, <laughs> yeah, a maester of Yevon? Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. He's just like, can't believe it. Yeah. And I really liked that Kenok comes up to him and like hugs him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he like just bear hug embraces uh, him yeah. like, all right, uh, like, you know. But Aaron doesn't seem to like really like Kenok that much. No, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting <laughs> thing. It's like the Kenok has all this respect for him and likes him, but he's really suspicious of Kenok, yes. particularly now that he's a maester. Yeah. Um, again, good foreshadowing happening here. There uh, is. He wants. He's very curious about Aaron. Yeah. <clears throat> Aaron isn't so curious about him, other than how did you become. How did you trick everyone to <laughs> letting you become a, a maester of, of Yevon? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, some years back, things just fell into place for me, and I was able to step up. And yeah, things change in 10 years kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And Oren leaves, but on Oren's way out, um, Kinnock asks him, so have you seen Xanarchy? This is really big one. This is <laughs> yeah. a really big one. And Oren just stops for a minute, doesn't say a word. Mm -hmm. And walks away. Keeps going. But yeah. it's like, what do we say about this? We, well, <laughs> I think we will touch on it in the spoiler section in a minute. But here's either what I way, think we can Either say. way, we know Auron was with Titus a thousand years ago. Yes. What? But also. What's the deal with but that? But also, even from the context that we ha already have with Yuna in the scene where she talks about the final summoning. We know oh, that sure. the final summoning, the end of the pilgrimage, takes you to Xanarkand. To Xanarkand, yeah, yeah. Right? To and the modern... Braska yeah. and Auron and Jekt obviously went to Xanarkand and yes. summoned the final Aeon and defeated Sin. Yes. So Kenok would know this. So yes. Kenok asking you, have you seen Xanarkand, is an interesting question. Yes. Because Sin was defeated. Everyone knows Braska. He had to There's have gone to Xanarkand. There's statues of Braska everywhere. Yes. Everyone knows that he went to Xanarkand. Right. So With obviously Arnold. he's yes. referring to, in some way, the Xanarkand Titus is from. Yes. Yes. So he knows, however Auron got to Titus's Xanarkand mm -hmm. in the beginning of the game, Kinnock knows, and it's it's um, something Auron doesn't want people to know. Yes. Because he's the link between those two worlds. Right. right? Because and that's why Titus was so mad at him. Like, all this people, is your fault, right? You're the one who's... Yeah. Going, you know, mm -hmm. jumping time back and forth. What's your deal? How are you doing this? Take me back. Yes. And what's interesting is that the only answer Aaron has given, because people mm -hmm. keep asking, where have you been in all those 10 years? What have you been doing? His only answer is, I've been fulfilling a promise to a friend, mm -hmm. which I am still doing. I'm doing that now. Yep, so that's right. Is, and, and of course, he told Titus earlier, Jack told me to come watch <coughs> yeah, over Yeah, he's like, you. why did you bring me? Well, Jack, yeah. So there's a lot of things going on here, but I really take really put a pin in that particular line from Kenok. Have you seen Xanarkand? Yeah. And ask and uh, ask yourself what he's really asking, because it doesn't make sense for him to be asking. Have you seen the current time Xanarkand, which is where the final summoning happens? Obviously, he would know that he's been there. Yes. So he's asking about Titus's Xanarkand. Okay. Uh, what else did I put uh, here? Oh, he also leads the warrior monks of Yevon and commands the Crusaders. Yep. So we talked about that a little bit so earlier. He's, so it seems like the four maesters of yeah. Yevon each have specific responsibilities. You know, these yeah. ones do this or that. Kinok is the one, you're over the military and foreign affairs kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. then 
um, you know, they're all over different aspects, you know, whereas um, Master Micah would be the one who administers for the, for the formal religion, you know. Yeah, and the government, probably, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Keenock also says to Oren here, this plan won't work. You know that. We'll just let them dream a little longer. So he knows this is doomed to fail. Yes. And, now, and I, Seymour, I would say, though, that everyone knows this is doomed to fail. To some extent, It's yes. been 800 years the Crusaders I mean, they have been be trying. they trying at all <laughs> if they didn't have some lot. Like, we haven't tried this yet. Maybe this will work. Fair enough, yes. It's particularly the Albed, who just, like, are totally disassociated from Yevon at all. Yeah. The Crusaders have, are, are tied, but not Albed, right? Yeah. They're trying. They're really on the fringes of this right, society. Yes. They're really trying stuff they no one's tried before. The edge, yeah. So, I mean, their technology is is way beyond even what the Crusaders use. Right. Yeah. True. So, and they keep searching the chaos to find more technology yes. to then right yeah, to try. That's and that's what them. they are. That's what they do. So, but Seymour kind of checks Keenock for saying that out loud. He's like, uh, Master Master Keenock, yeah. like, you're saying too much here. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, please. Um, okay. It's so funny because you look at Keenock's character and he just has the friendliest look about him. Just yes. He's got that smile. He's a little chubbier. He's just, yeah. he looks like just a, such a friendly guy with friendly eyes. Yeah. And if you talk to Waka here, he's like, with them here, it's like Yevon authorizes the whole operation. I know. So Waka mad. is at a crisis. Yeah. So anyways, they've gathered all these sin spawn. They start like harming them or getting them to cry out or whatever. Sin arrives and the battle begins. And we, our party, fights a, a couple of these larger Sin spawn bosses. Yeah. Um, while that battle's happening on the beach. And it, it's, this is a really good FMV. Um, they kind of charge down to fight the Sin spawn on the beach. Sin like slowly approaches it, puts this big shield up over it. Yes. And then it just completely obliterates I couldn't believe everybody that. on that beach we we <laughs> we do not like we watch sin destroy a city by just sucking it all up at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the game and yet this scene is like I have not seen this kind of power yeah. like this sin is just on a different level yeah. completely different level everybody that's fighting it's just like boom like disintegrated yeah. just like psh, turned and to dust I, I wrote how the fetch did Lucille survive fighting on that beach? She's she's oh, one of the Chocobo yes. knights who yes. she charges. And that Chocobo, yeah, you're right. And she's still alive after this oh, battle. I don't know what got happened. Lucky. She was hiding Everybody got fetching, like, I mean, just disintegrated into I nothing. Know. It was hard to believe that anybody survived <laughs> at all in any way, you know. But um, also the, the, the beast in the cage escapes, right? So we yeah. have to fight it. And so their their attempt to subdue a beast backfired as it ex escaped their grasp and was turned back against the Crusaders. Now, we killed it, of course, but this is a microcosm of mm. the whole thing, yeah. right? Like you're trying to do a subdue something that cannot be subdued. Right. And and the inevitability is that it will it'll be turned on you, right? Right. Since design, by the way, we get a really good look at him here. Yep. He has a city on his back. Yeah, there's like ruins. There are buildings, like buildings tall on buildings on his mm -hmm. back. I don't know what to make of that, really, other than this is this is something that just turns things inside out and then represents them in a screwed up way. I don't know. It's it's unsettling though. Everything about him looks. I don't even know what he looks like. Like yeah. some people say he looks like a whale, and I'm like, kind of, yeah, little. Yeah. But also no, <laughs> and also he kind of changes what he looks like a lot. Like he looks like whatever he needs to look like at any given moment. Yeah, I wonder. It's so interesting. I wonder if like with each uh, end of a calm, 
if like Sin comes back and is like different. Yeah, I don't know way. if he looks the same each time. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, and he kind of, he gets this shield on him or he's either gooey or he's like metal looking almost. Yeah. It's interesting. But um, it reminds me of Godzilla, basically. Yes. This whole scene is like Godzilla. Anytime mm. you watch a Godzilla movie and the government shows up with their airplanes and their guns and their tanks, you're just like, they're all going to die. And yep. you know it. You know yep. Godzilla is going to use laser beams or something <laughs> crazy that you don't even know he's capable of until he does it. And then yep. you're just like, what in the world? And it wipes everyone out and everyone's thrown. The, the, I think this is a pretty clear reference to Godzilla, the way yep. this battle goes, and Sin mm -hmm. just in general. Yep. Like anytime, especially when they get that big um, energy cannon and they're just like blasting Sin with it. And it's like, they're so close. I was watching um, this Godzilla movie, the, the Netflix Godzilla. I think it's an anime, but oh. it's got some CG kind of aspect to it too. Mm. It's, it's pretty well done. Uh, there's three of them. In the second one, this kind of thing happens where mm. they, they trap Godzilla and they, they get him into this place and they flood it with like hot lava and he's just like, they totally like, they kill him. They killed Godzilla. And then a, a power that no one knew Godzilla had yeah. all of a sudden begins to emerge mm. and before you know it Godzilla is just like destroying everything around him he is hotter than the magma around him mm. like he becomes like the sun and they can't even abide and like he just <laughs> destroys and he launches these laser cannons out of his <laughs> out of his back spines or whatever it's just like it, it's almost over the top ridiculous but at the yeah. same time that is Godzilla yeah. like the idea is you cannot contain this and yeah. you're the, the Machina kind of thing, the idea of Machina in general, yep. Yep. is like, well, Godzilla came out because the atom bomb testing and all of the government like, yeah, it, experiments uh, and the technology. Mutated. The, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, science progressed to where we could split an atom. Good job. Now you have Godzilla. So, like, maybe your machine ideas aren't really the natural way of humanity, right? And that's sort of, in some way, that's what Godzilla is trying to say. Sin, it's almost the exact same thing, yeah. right? And he comes from the ocean, and he steps up, and you're almost, you're so close to killing him, and then boom, he's got laser cannons and a force field, and you didn't know that, you know? Yep. <laughs> and as that's why I'm saying, even if their energy cannon was able to somehow penetrate and hit Sin, he would have had another trick up his sleeve. Sure. Like somehow you you yeah, you I, cannot physically destroy. I this feel planet. like that was almost like the point being made here. It's like as close as you think you might get. Yeah. What Lou, what uh, Yuna said earlier, the final Aeon is the only yes. way. It's the only way to defeat him. Yes. You can't kill this thing. Right. As hard as you try, you can't do it. They're ju you just can't kill him. <laughs> He will always come back with something you didn't yes. expect or some power. Something. He'll there, shift you, forms. You or... cannot kill Sin. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's like they felt like they were so close and then just nope. Nope. Yeah. Kill Sin. Uh, but I really did like, I got some FF7 vibes when Seymour fights with your party here. Yeah, once right? again, man. Yeah. His MP is through the roof, by yeah. the way. <laughs> He's got like 10 times more yeah. than, because anyways, yeah, that was really good. But like... Seymour fighting in your party. I don't yeah. know. It's 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 fascinating. It's, uh, the way that they play Seymour, it's not how I remember it. Yeah. At all from the first time I played it. Yeah. And I'm playing it now and I'm just like you know, we'll, we'll find out more about Seymour later, but yeah. like it's so interesting. Everything that is going on is like I don't disagree with anything he's doing or anything right. he's saying at right. the moment. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. But you can tell just through his eyes. You're just like, I don't know if Something I can trust him. Something just doesn't quite feel yeah. like that anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you, you get a kind of a taste of how powerful he is. He's like a thousand the, MP <laughs> through the gameplay system, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. really like it when games do that. Yeah, it was we, cool. We, we've talked endlessly about how they did that with Sephiroth and Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and they, they do that to a lesser extent, but uh, still pretty cool. Um, yeah. I was talking with uh, my patrons about this while I was streaming. It's like. He doesn't seem nearly as strong no, as Sephiroth. No, it's not the one hit, you know, yeah. 10,000 damage. Right. Yeah. And it's like his magic is level 2 magic. Oh, Sephiroth's okay, sure. was yeah, level yeah. 3 magic. Okay, yeah, um, like the, the Aga. And it's like, at this point in the game, on a casual playthrough, you probably don't have level 2 magic yet, but you're not mm. that far away from getting it. Right. Um, at this point in the game, I did have it. Okay. So Lulu had the same spells that... So he's just marginally ahead, but... He, he has more magic attack power... Yes. And he's like overkilling and, and everything. And he has just MP through the roof. Yes, yeah. and... But his it, HP isn't that much higher and... Yeah. One thing I didn't consider because I didn't do it in my playthrough is if you let him get his overdrive, his overdrive can just wipe this boss out in one... I don't think Basically one move. Oh, it's really? really powerful overdrive. Oh, yeah. interesting. So they do I, have ways of showing... Me to do that. Like he's at a level above us. He's huh. not like... Sephiroth to Cloud I know, above us. I know, that was a pretty big difference. But he's above us. He's yeah. more powerful than us, Clear, for sure. Clearly. And, and, and also when he did his summoning. And oh, that yeah. was such a good reveal. Yeah, right. That was the best way to reveal his level. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. Um, okay, so at the end of this, you know, Titus kind of wakes, wakes up on a beach. And if Gata, he'll either be dead and his body will just be there lying there and dead and lifeless. Or uh, he'll be like all PTSD, like, oh, 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 like, what do I do? Oh, what's going on? Oh, what's going on? He's like losing his mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And as he sees that effect happening on him, he just gets angry and he just goes running after Sin. He just swims after him. Yes. And yes. I really liked this. I like the music they use yeah, here. Yeah. I forgot because um, I'm like, oh, because you often will see people, like, maybe not often, but I, occasionally I've seen a moment where a boat's sailing away and somebody's trying to swim and it's like, yeah. it's funny, or it's not funny, it's it's hopeless and it's like they're getting nowhere because you can't swim in water and the waves just push you back, you know? Mm -hmm. But I forgot how good Titus is at swimming and he's like yes. faster than a shark and he yes. can hold his breath for 20 minutes. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, well he this might could be interesting. Yeah. He might actually be able to make chase, right? Oh, I, I thought it was going to be one of those with like Samwise, where he's like, "I'm coming with you, Frodo," and, he's and then he's drowning. <laughs> but he's doing his best, you know. But I'm yeah. like, I just forgot who Titus was for yes. a minute, you know, yes. and how freaking adept he is at swimming. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he just takes off and he's just screaming and he is so so upset. This is the first time he's seen Sin, knowing who Sin who is. Who Sin is. Right. According to Oren, he he claims he doesn't believe it, but, but he this shows clearly he believes it. This shows this it. action shows he does yes. believe it. And he's just like, okay, my dad's sin. Why is he murdering everybody? <laughs> like, what is he doing? Yeah. Why is this happening? Oren yeah. talks to us a little bit later about some of this stuff, but there's a moment here where we he, um, Titus kind of loses consciousness a little mm -hmm. bit, right? He passes out, and I think they say something about sin's toxin or something. But yeah. we get a like a bit of a vision. Yeah, I wanted to get your take on this. Oh, yeah. Because there's two parts to it. I've got stuff to say about that. Um, the first part of it, you see some ghostly figures kind of walking around or in and out of a place. Yeah. It's like a blue And you can recognize some of them. And some yes, city got... in the distance and things like that. Yes. And then, of course, the purple hooded boy comes out. Yes. Kind of like shakes his head, moves aside, and a blitz ball flies at his face. Yes. So I wanted to get yeah. your take on that part of the scene I, first. I would completely spoil the entire game if I told you 
What, and, and, and in ways people I don't think even realize yet okay. as to what exactly that Why don't means. we do Even this? people who've played it before may not have understood what that dream means. Why don't we do this? Because I, what this, I can say one thing here. Okay. This, the way the trees look, everything within this dream, look at that, look at that tree, look at how it's designed. Yeah. Um, this will come back into play in Jose Temple. And mm. I have it in my notes here because uh, we were supposed to get up to Jose Temple mm -hmm. and we didn't, it seems. That's uh, But. I kind of would rather bring this up in relation in Jose to Jose Temple, Temple okay. and some of the symbolism we see in Jose Temple, okay. which, well, it's, you know, it, it's similar. Okay. But we'll talk about that there, and then I can really fill in the gaps on what this okay. really so is. So we'll saying. return to that part of the vision next time, yeah. early next time, because Jose yes. Temple will be basically the first thing we talk about. Perfect. Um, the second part is a flashback to Titus's childhood, when he's saying like, oh, they say you don't practice anymore. They say you're drinking ha, too much. You they don't see his dad by the way. Nope. We just hear. Yeah. And uh, Jekt is saying like, well, let him talk, you know, like, mm. I'm still the best, right? Yeah. And he's like. He says tokubetsu in Japanese. He says I'm still special. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, uh, obviously he has a drinking problem is what this is saying. Yes, right? clearly. And Titus. You know, brings it up directly. He's like, "So, do you think you know?" Yeah. They, they, they say, say you that drink, you too, drink much. too much and that you're going to retire soon. He's like, "I can quit whenever I want." Like, yes. You know, oh, and I love. And he's like, he's like, then then do it. Then do it right now. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what did you say? He's like, oh, you said you can. Like you said, you could quit now. So do it. Well, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. His thing. Oh, yeah. What was the line I wrote it down? <laughs> Why do today what you can leave for tomorrow? Now, how can you imagine that anyone with that mindset became a successful professional athlete? They have to be exceptionally talented. The type of person who's a prodigy and who it came naturally uh, to their whole life. And so, I mean, still would hard still work. not still make it hard to the work, top, right? But I, th I feel like there have been some people like this. But, but once they get like to the top, Wilt they Chamberlain don't fulfill their potential a lot of times because they're just... They've always been so naturally gifted and it always came so easy that like, or, or they've been at the top so long, there's no uh, longer yeah. really a challenge and they kind of fall into some problems. That's kind of how I feel about what's going on with Jack. It's like Jack reached this level that like, mm -hmm. he's the Michael Jordan of Xanarkand. Yes. Like we've talked about before. And it's like, like nobody can beat him. Nobody can challenge him. Like when there's no challenge, when there's no conflict in your life, when there's, we talked about the storytelling too. When mm -hmm. there's no conflict in a yeah, story, it's it. boring. Yeah. There's nothing to aspire to. There's no higher level to go. So like, what do you do? It's like, this is boring now. There's like no point to it. Yeah. So falling into like a drinking habit like this would be natural for somebody who feels sure. like there's no challenge left and sure. that he's the best and nobody can beat him. Right. Right. But it's, it's starting almost, it's to It's almost depressing him. once you get to that point. Yeah, it's That's starting. The, remember I made that video about One Punch Man. Yes. It basically con confronts this exact idea. Yeah, One Punch Man is great. And how One Punch Man, he's the strongest one punch every enemy, but his life is just so depressing. Yes. And he just, it's so like mundane and yes. boring. Nothing's yeah. a challenge. That's a good, that's a fair right? um, analogy. I, I, I really like One Punch Man. Uh, I, yeah. I haven't seen season two. I only saw the first wow. season, but. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was a really brilliant anime, particularly because of this, yeah. what it's highlighting here. It's like without something to aspire to or work on Some or feeling like or there's somewhere I can, I can improve. <clears throat> to go, yeah. 
there is no point. Yeah. And it's really depressing and hard to like live feeling like I can't go any higher than this. Mm -hmm. There's no conflict left. Um, it, it Rocky three. All the Rocky three out. does this too. Yeah. It's where Mick is telling Stallone, "It's like you you don't have the eye of the tiger anymore. Yeah. You can't fight the big guys because he's been the top for so long. You know? yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think that's basically what happened yeah. to Jack. Right. Oh, fair enough. I can get so, that. I can get that. <clears throat> anyways, he he's he's not gonna work on his drinking problem. And no. I really like the way they pay this off later. I with know. Orin. We'll I talk know. about we're, that next we'll, episode. We'll get there later. But, but just remember. Remember that this yeah. bothered Titus, the yes. child, that his yeah. father was a drunk. Yep. He has this idea of his father as this bad guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure his alcoholism, you know, is a big reason for that. Yeah. And he would not quit when his son asked him to quit. Yeah. He would not do it for his family. Yeah. And what we learn, the reason why he does do it later I'm sure that would piss Titus off so bad, <laughs> right? So yeah. anyway, I really like that scene because it's setting up something really great for yeah. the next episode. Yep. Um, the last couple things I just wanted to talk about on the beach, Kenok and Aaron have a, 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 a an exchange. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh wait a minute. First, Titus says, I thought I sensed my old man there somewhere, or maybe it was just since Toxin playing tricks on my mind. Exactly. How many died today? People die in Yuna dances because she's sending people she on the beach. She was sending on the beach, yeah. When, when will she stop dancing? When will it stop? Yep. I feel like this whole scene did a really good job of establishing sin cannot be killed. This is this the, the severity of this problem yeah. and what they have to live with all the time. Which again, they set up with the girl and her mom on Meehan High Road mm -hmm. and, and him being like, is it really worth it if sin just keeps coming back? Yep. It's like, yes. Because any break at all from what you just watched mm -hmm. is like priceless to us. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they, I think they really did a good job of paying that off there. Now, Oren then says to Kenok, a swift retreat, satisfied? And Kenok's like, what do you mean? Because he had told him earlier, let's let them dream a little longer. The we plan know that was this to isn't fail. actually going to succeed. Yeah, the plan was to kill a bunch of people. And Oren says, those who turned from Yevon died while the faithful lived on. Yep. This is the reason why Yevon tolerates the Crusaders. Right. It's almost like uh, an example. Anyone yeah. out there who is not devout will be funneled into the Crusaders and they can just all go get killed by sin. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll separate the wheat from the tares. Yes, yes, so to speak. Yeah. That's what Yevon is doing. They're separating and killing off anyone who does not uh, follow the teachings yeah. and so is devout to So it's like they're using sin. Yes. As though it were a lion in a Roman Colosseum. Yes. Right? And they're just like, throw all of the um, excommunicated people it's in, how into they, the Colosseum and watch them be eaten. They maintain their power. Yeah. And, and the, anyone who begins to rebel, they can be funneled into the arm of the church, which is the Crusaders, mm -hmm. to go get wiped out, and then they can keep control over the people. That's true. People. That's true, because that would, that would stamp out any potential rebellion. Yes. Because anybody who questions their teaching would move that direction. That is the reason they yeah. incorporated the Crusaders into the church. So, pretty heavy stuff there, the implication. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Seymour tries to encourage Yuna a little bit here. He talks about Unaleska, who is an, an ancient summoner, right? 
um, you know, you rely on me as Unalaska did to Lord Zeon, which is, we'll learn more about Unalaska and Zeon a little later, but again, he's, he's making some advances. Yes. Oh, he says here. something like, let me be your pillar. What was yeah. It? Pillar of strength. Be your yeah. pillar of strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's not a straightforward confession, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a subtle one, but you know what it means, right? Yeah. Right. You know what's going on here. Okay, and then my last note for what we, just for today, uh, before we move into spoilers. Aaron says to Titus, sin is Jack, he came here for you. Yes. And Titus says, so he killed all those people just for a chance to see me. And, and Aaron says, that's what sin does, and he wanted you to know that, right? Do you know why? And how am I supposed to know? He's, he's, mm -hmm. he's deflecting, he's really trying not to accept this. <laughs> And, and Aaron says, so you would kill him. As long as he is sinned, Jekt will keep killing. He wants you to stop him. So this is the reason Aaron went to Titus' Anarchan and brought him here. Yeah. It's because Jekt became sin and wanted his son to stop him. Okay, so he's basically saying, uh, Jekt wants you to kill him, right? And then Titus is saying, oh, I'm not done talking to you. Like, don't run away or whatever. And Aaron's response, you're the one running. You're the one running. Because you're yeah. the one trying to deny yeah. that sin is jacked and all this stuff I'm telling you. So I really like that response. Anyways, that's the end of what we're going to cover uh, for this episode. Next time, we'll go all the way up through Guadalajara. Yes. We, we might even go a little past that because I don't know if there's enough info in there's, all of there's it. About there's about this of Jose, much there's info a lot of for me. <laughs> temple. Okay. We'll probably go through Guadalajara next time. We'll get up to that point. So, I, got, I got a little more. Um, we're going to move on into our spoiler discussion. Now. Okay. So if you don't want to know spoilers, uh, this is the time to click away from the video. Um, maybe return here after you finish the game. We, yeah, we yeah. have these time segmented, right? Uh, yes. Time coded so that you can come conveniently back to this point after you yeah, finish the game. Yeah, and then just go to the spoiler section. Now, so. I want to avoid... Um, for people who do just kind of see things in time, some of the things we bring up in the spoiler section, I still want us to bring them up again. Yes, we, later we, we have on done that so far. That's good. I just want to um, make sure. So yeah, know that like by the time we reach the point where it's revealed, yeah. we'll point back to earlier things. So here comes the spoilers. There's your warning. All right. So uh, okay. first thing I want to talk about is the Keenock line because that's just fresh in my mind. Have you have you been to Xanarkin? So yes. The people, yes. the maesters in particular, they know about Dream Xanarkin. Exactly. That's the place. Yes. And uh, now people keep bringing this up, and that's fine. I don't care. It's yeah. not a critique. We are going to keep saying, "Titus went a thousand, thousand years in the years. future." We're yes. going to keep saying that. Yes. Because because that's what the game is telling you. That's what you're supposed to believe at this yes. point. Yes. <laughs> but we know. <laughs> we know that it was actually. Yes. A contemporary place that Titus came from a that physical, is held up by... A physical place yes. in the world of Spira, but that is being summoned, that is summoned by the faith. Tons of summoners that are withholding this whole right. city. That yeah. are keeping the memory of the 1,000 years ago Xanarkin mm -hmm. alive through a summoning process that is the same exact summoning process that Yuna uses for her aeons. Yes. Dream Xanarkin is an aeon. It's a giant freaking city yes. aeon that is maintaining the memory of um, Xanarkin from a thousand years ago. Yeah. And uh, it is physical. It is actually present in the world of spirit. Now we'll get into why it's there and how that all yes. happens and how it works out with Titus later. But when Kenok specifically asks Aaron this, 
it seems that Keenock knows something particular about Oren. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how exactly he knows this. Yes. But he can sense something. He, he suspects that Oren has been to dream Xanarkin. Yes, for some reason. Yes. That's what he thinks, yeah. It's, it's too weird that no well, one knows anything about where you've been for 10 years. Where's the only place someone could go yeah, and yeah. be hidden from the world for 10 for years? For 10 years, especially someone as well-known as Aaron. Yeah. People know him, like he, he would have been discovered. Have you seen He Zanarkand? hasn't changed his clothes for 10 years. Yes. He's wearing the same thing. <laughs> People would have recognized him. Yeah. I know games do that, I'm not being critical. Yeah. So anyways, I really liked that. Yeah, that was a really nice little subtle yes. foreshadowing sort of thing. And you'll yes, find mm. out more about Arnon and all that stuff later. Um, let's see, what do we want to do first? For for the dream scene, yes. I just have like I know I said this before, but really, um, I say a ghostly scene plays out with a jagged thorny tree. Remember the shape of this tree. Remember the shape of the thorns. Because it's kind just of just think about it. Yeah. And I gotta bring this up at Jose Temple. I don't wanna bring up all the connections, what it means, but those of you who've played the game who maybe even still don't know what it means, which I would assume would probably be most of you, um, remember the curve and linear and right. just the thorny pattern of that tree. You're going to see that pattern again in Jose, and you're actually, you have seen that pattern many times before elsewhere, yeah. uh, and it means something very interesting and very cool. I just, I, I don't want to bring it up until next episode, even yeah. though we're in the spoiler section. Okay. You had another note about um, yes. Titus so, and his father. Titus and his father. Now, this yeah. is a bit speculative on my part. Yes. This isn't completely me saying, oh, this is what it means. So, you guys, I have a theory on Final Fantasy X. Please let me know what you think of this theory. Um, Jekt wants Titus to kill him, right? right. Now, that's more or less what Aaron said, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not reaching too far here. Jekt wants Titus to hate him. Mm. This may answer some of the questions I had earlier about Titus' memory of his father and how it does not align well with other people's experience of him. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing that Xanarkand is a dream, is a summon, knowing that that kid ghost who keeps showing up and has been around our, us our entire life, knowing that all of this is being held up through the, the collective minds of the summoners, mm -hmm. they want us to kill Jekt. Jekt wants us to kill Jekt. Is it possible that they have been influencing the way Titus was raised? They've been influencing the way Titus interprets things? That's really they, interesting. His whole life. They've been making it seem, they have been making him hate Jekt. Yes, they In a way, no one else hates Jack. A father and son Titus. who were going to come out. Yes. And they created a dynamic between them that but, would set this up. Exactly. That because the faith are doing this. Like, the reason Oran doesn't want Titus to tell Yuna who Sin is, is because Yuna likes Jack. Mm-hmm. Titus hates Jack. In fact, the only reason Titus wants to see Jack is to tell him that he hates him. Yeah. That is the motivation from his mother and from elsewhere, yeah. right? They set up a scenario with, with Tita's life to where he would be capable of killing his own father. Yes. And it's done on purpose. That, now, tell me what you guys think about that. I don't know. That's a really interesting but thought. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone say anything like that because people have, have debated, oh, you know, whether or not maybe Titus's mother was also a bad mom and that Titus maybe he had a false memory or whatever. I don't know. But 
Uh, I submit the idea that the well, yeah, whole thing was a scenario set up in order to make sure that Titus hated his father. All of and these that his people, memories are different. This whole city and all these people in it, they are not like real people in the sense uh, other than it's, we've talked about faulty memory a lot in our last podcast. Right? Oh, yes. With um, Vagrant Story. Vagrant Story. Yeah. These are people who are trying to continually, like every second of their lives yeah, it's currently. taking all their energy. To just remember the details of Xanarkand. Yeah. In order to keep it sort of alive in a sense, in this summoning that they're doing. But they are the ones who create, because we talked about memory being a creative process. Yes. It's not a retrieval process, it's right. a creative process. And this was Square Enix made vegan story, I'm just yes. saying. <laughs> so, they are creating the people in Spiro with their imagination yeah. while trying to be true to the one they remember, but it's still a creation process. Right. So they create Titus, the faith. And clearly the kid, who we're in spoiler section, so he's Bahamut, right? Yeah. That kid um, is just walking in and talking to us yeah. in Dream Xanarchand. Yes. He, he is one of the faith, but his job is separate, I guess, because he's the, the summon for Bahamut. And so he's not part, but he can come and go and influence mm. things as, as he wish. And we know he's been there and he's been influencing Titus's life his entire life. Yes. That kid has been showing up saying, you don't have time to do this. Here, here he was present during the moment where, where Jekt was telling Titus how he'll never be able to do the Jekt shot, yes. right? But, but um, that young, the, the boy, was there the entire time right. and was watching, right. meaning he's in, he has influenced Titus's memories. The he's faith, influencing all of this. The faith do want this to end. Yes. They are ready to stop the summoning of Dreams Anarchy. They're done. They're yeah. tired. They want to rest. They want to die and be done with this. So it would make complete sense that they're trying to... Intentionally. Intentionally, like... Create a scenario. Where they can escape yeah. having to be faith anymore. Yes. Because they're kind of getting to their wits end, you yeah. know. It's it's a thousand years is a long time to do anything, right? <laughs> but it seems, you know, based on later game stuff, that people keep saying, "Hey, they're 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 done doing this. They're yes. done dreaming of this." So it would make sense to me that they've kind of created this situation, you know. Right. So that's a really cool <sighs> thought. Let me know what you guys think. Let it's me know. A really cool and thought. I, I like may it. not be the only one who's ever thought of that. I just haven't read it in any of my research. Yeah. Um, other thing, the, the last thing I was going to talk about was the calms, the calm periods and things. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, let me just pull up. So on page 49 of the FF10 Ultimedia, um, it, it takes a look at three high summoners between Unalaska and Braska, right? So it's, it's detailing which summoners defeated Sin and when, like in the timeline. Um, mm -hmm. So this is Chocolate Rob who's sending this to me, right? He's kind of summarizing it. Yeah. You can get the years in which they defeated Sin. Unalaska was first, 1,000 years ago. Next was Gandalf, or Gandalf, 400 years ago. So the first time Sin was defeated was 1,000. The second time, 400. There was a 600-year period in between mm -hmm. that. Then O'Holland, in two, uh, 230 years ago. Yokun, uh, 100 years ago. And then finally, Braska, 10 years ago. So we have 10 to 100, that's a 90 year difference. 230 to 400, that's a two, wait, a 170 year difference. Um, and then 400 to 1000, a 600 year difference. Mm. So I think what a lot of people took from this is the first column was 600 years, 
Then the second column was 170 years. Uh, third column was 130 years. Right. And then the, the last column was 90 years. And, and now it's been eight or something like that. I The only thought I have to that is why were the Crusaders created 800 years ago if that was in the middle of a 600-year yes, column? exactly right. Okay. Exactly okay. right. So this is another so thing where it's like... likely the whole time. He was... The columns were probably short. Yeah. A couple of years. But they just couldn't years. defeat it for 600 years. Yeah. Right? Um, ex exactly. That's another great point. Okay. Uh, so, let's see. Um, people are saying, you know, or speculating that the columns are drastically shorter now or that they're getting shorter for some reason. Um, but anyways, the point being made here is that it's probably not that. If you if you think about why the Crusaders, eight centuries, yeah. that's between the 1,000 and 600. So that was 200 years after the first column. Right. The Crusaders are like, we've had enough. Right. So I think it's clear from yeah. the way Una talks about it, from knowing that, that mm -hmm. the Crusaders were founded 800-ish years ago, yeah. in between when Unaleska and Gandalf defeated Sin, yeah. um, and the fact that this society has not changed much mm -hmm. at all in a thousand yeah. years. It has not been given Blitz a ball. chance yeah, to advance. The same. Yeah. Uh, it, it, is indi it indicates that the calms are very short. Yeah. And that Sin has basically been terrorizing this civilization for a thousand years with very short periods of relief. Therefore, they cannot change much. They cannot advance much because mm. anytime they try to make an advancement, it just gets freaking destroyed. Mm. So, just wanted to make that point there. And again, we'll return to all these things again when they're no longer spoilers. But yeah. we just want to let you guys know. Like, we know the things. We that, know. And some yeah. of the foreshadowing and all that. It's Yeah, it's just. I wish I could just say it during the <laughs> podcast. But yeah, that is the hardest thing about mm -hmm. video game stuff, especially in a series, is, mm -hmm. is trying to tiptoe around spoilers. That is yeah. the hardest thing. It's really Because we're trying to analyze the art, but we can't even call attention to half of yes, it because right. it's a spoiler. So it's right. like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you guys again next week. Again, playing up to Guada Salaam. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about Jose stuff, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Mostly. Probably mostly there. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> but there's some, there's some really good stuff, too, with um, the, the Shoe Puff ride. and Oh, the Shoe Puff ride's great. And then that yeah. city under the water. I, oh. I actually have quite a few notes on that. Yeah. So we have some good stuff for next week. Until yeah. then. Peace out. See you next time.